This is episode 18 of the Better Bible Reading Podcast. Let's get started. Well, welcome to another episode of the Better Bible Reading Podcast. I'm Kevin Morris, as always, and I sure do appreciate you joining me for whatever in the world that just was. I actually have to confess that one of my favorite parts of this whole podcast is to pick which introduction songs I'm going to use, because you never quite know what I'm going to do. It could be club music, could be that banjo, which was, hate to say it wasn't me. wish I could say it was, but it wasn't. Never learned how to play the banjo. But anyways, uh, welcome to the show. In this episode, I would like to talk to you about something that we tend not to really know how to put into words sometimes. A couple episodes ago, I talked about the cry for help that many of us have when it comes to reading the Bible, specifically when we say, I don't know the Bible like I should. And uh, if you want to refer back to that, you can refer back to it by going two episodes ago, episode 16 of the podcast. Last week was our Teaching Thursdays. This week, we're back at it with another in-studio episode. And as a follow-up to two episodes ago, I want to encourage you by thinking about what you read. That's our topic for today, thinking about what we read. So sometimes we say, I don't know the Bible like I should. Other times we might say, I don't know where to read in the Bible. If you find yourself asking that question, or at least making that statement, which kind of leads to a question, where should I read? I'd like to maybe offer you one option, and that is straight up to invite you to something that many of you have heard me push on this podcast for quite some time now. But one of the reasons I like to continue pushing it is because new listeners may not have listened to previous episodes. If you're tuning in for the first time, welcome to the podcast. But if you do find yourself asking that question, where should I read in the Bible? I don't know where to read in the Bible. Let me first invite you just by going to betterbiblereading.com forward slash free training, because there I will help you learn how to study a book of the Bible. And the book that we will be looking at in that free training is the book of Romans. So that's your first option. Your easy solution is to just simply go over to the website and enroll in the free training that I am giving anybody who is interested in participating in it. And you will take a look at the book of Romans with me. And that'll be a good kind of case study to get your feet wet, so to speak, when it comes to reading the Bible. But if you have already done that, or if you're not quite ready for an in-depth study of a book, you may still be saying, I don't know where to read in the Bible. How can you actually help me on this podcast episode? So I want to mention a couple things that I think would be helpful for us. And those are two passages of Scripture. And I want to start out by saying that when we tend to think about reading the Bible, sometimes we do approach it really way way more scientifically and way more uh, formulaic, if I can even use that fancy word. We almost think that there's this 
special formula that we have to plug and play. There's these special things that we have to make sure that we're doing or else our reading is all going to be in vain. Now, of course, I do believe that there should be a method. There shouldn't be madness when we read the Bible. In fact, you'll hear me push out a lot of times uh, one of the most uh, significant articles that I think you should read on my website is actually Six Steps Towards Better Bible Reading. So I certainly do think there are steps that we should follow when we read the Bible. But those are just the means to the end of the reading itself. In other words, we don't want to focus too much on the steps themselves. We want to focus on the results of what taking those steps is, what the results will be. So let me refer your mind to the same passage of Scripture that we looked at a couple weeks ago when I talked about presenting ourselves as workers who don't need to be ashamed. That was found in 2 Timothy chapter 2. And I said a couple weeks ago that those of us who don't know the Bibles, the Bible like we should, actually do present ourselves as those who are ashamed. It's a it's a shame-worthy statement when we say we don't know the Bible like we should. But in that same book, in that same letter, 2 Timothy, Paul actually gives us a solution, not only to the concept of, I don't know the Bible like I should, but also the concept of, I don't know where to read in the Bible like I should. And there's two passages in that book that I want us to consider in this episode. The first one is the beginning of chapter two. The beginning of chapter two um, is... Remember that analogy that Paul uses for the Christian life? I say analogy, it's really three analogies that he refers to. And he says this, let me, let me just start out with the beginning of chapter 2. And I'm going to read all the way through verse number 6. I'm sorry, verse number 7. Here's what he says. You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus and what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits, since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. It is the hardworking farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. Here's our key verse I want us to think about for our first passage. Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. There's a lot that could be said about this book of the Bible as a whole and this passage in particular. But one of the things that I want us to think about is thinking about what we think about. <laughs> There's the spiral idea. Think about what you think about and then you can continue that in this never-ending spiral. But what does Paul say to Timothy? He says, think over what I say. The Bible places a premium on thinking about what God's Word says. That's exactly what Paul tells Timothy to do. Think over what I say. What is Paul saying? Well, he's first of all, he's pinning Scripture. So we have a call to consider, to think about, God's Word. We are very much engaged mentally, intellectually, uh, 
even academically insofar as it involves our thinking about God's Word. We don't approach it with the ever-so-popular concept of our culture as a fortune cookie book or a self-help book. It is not that. It is something that we have to come to terms with. It is not something that has to come to terms with us. We don't approach the Bible to plug it into who we are. We approach the Bible to see how we fit into who God is and what he's doing. And so Paul tells us, think over what I say, or by way of application, think about the Bible. We should think about it. And that really, I think, is our call, number one, to care about what we read about, to care where we read. And that's why I think it's a really good question. It's a question that should be asked if we are thinking people I don't know where to read in the Bible because it assumes that we should care where we read. It assumes that we should care what we read. It assumes that we should have a engagement and interest in what the Bible has to say and where we go to when we navigate in the Bible. So I really think that If we don't ask this question, where should I read in the Bible? If we don't think about what we read in the Bible, then uh, there's really two options. Number one, we have the option of scatterbrain schizophrenia mania. That's not even a real phrase, but it's really what happens when we sit down, get ready to read our Bibles, and have absolutely no idea what we're about to read or where we're about to go. We get the terrible reality of distraction after distraction after distraction or rabbit trail after rabbit trail after rabbit trail where we don't know where we're going in the Bible. We think about reading here might spend a little bit of time there, or then we might actually correct our way of thinking and say, actually, I should probably read here. Oh, you know what? I haven't read the Old Testament in a while. I should probably read here. Oh, what was that thing that the pastor mentioned a couple weeks ago? I was going to study up on that. Let me try to remember where that was. And after 30 minutes or so, we realize that we've actually done very little reading whatsoever. We've just kind of been spinning around in circles. And before you know it, then life begins to happen. Our children need us. It's time to go to this appointment. We have to eat. I mean, you know, life interrupts. And then we look at our so-called time of Bible reading and we say, wow, that was unfruitful. And I actually did very little of anything. I just kind of floated from here to here to here. Didn't really engage the text, didn't do what Paul says, didn't really spend time to think over what we were reading, think over what was being said. We just, you know, we just passed our eyes across the pages and looked at the words, and that was about it. Or worse, if we have our electronics and everything else out, then we have social media interrupting, text messages interrupting, phone calls interrupting, knocks on the door, I mean, you know, on and on we can go. And 
I've addressed this in several different ways in past episodes about time management and eliminating distractions, right? Those, those key ideas. But there's such a thing as being distracted within the Bible itself. And the best way that I could explain that is when we approach the Bible with no plan in place of where we're getting ready to read and we expect that everything's just going to magically fall into place, more oftentimes than not, it doesn't. We just look back and say, wow, that uh, really wasn't the best Bible reading time that I've had. That was really just a bunch of confusion and no clarity whatsoever. And I think that when we say, I don't know where to read in the Bible, I hope at least that it is a cry for help to say that we're not okay with that experience that I just described. I wonder how many of us actually do have that experience on a quite often basis. And I hope that you see that, first of all, we don't want to have that experience because it is just straight up impossible for us to truly think over carefully, responsibly, and excitedly and with interest to think over what the Word of God actually says as we read it. The only way to do that is if we're keyed in, focused, concentrated on what's in front of us, and that just really can't happen if we're not even so sure that we should be or want to be in the passage that we're uh, at the, that we're at at that time. And so that's really you know, the first instance of a not-so-good experience of reading the Bible. We have a call to action that Paul gives us to think over what's being said, and that, I think, really requires us to have some kind of game plan. Even if we're not talking about a formal Bible reading plan, we have to have some kind of game plan in place before we actually sit down and get ready to read. Now, one plan that could be in place is, you know, that thing that so many of us don't use anymore. They're called bookmarks. That really, I think, is one of the easiest things that we can use to eliminate the confusion. That sounds like so elementary and basic, but how about when you're done reading in the Bible, you decide right then and there where you're going to pick up and read next time. Could be where you are. Or if you're somebody that alternates from Old Testament to New Testament, go ahead and have some kind of little sticky tab, a bookmark. I mean, almost every Bible has one of those sewn-in uh, bookmarks that you can use and move around. Some of them even come with two. And that's just a simple way that you can go ahead and pre-plan because if you're like me and you do kind of jump around a lot in the Bible, sometimes you forget. Uh, where you were the last time you read, or sometimes you forget when you sit down to read what you had decided would be good for you to read the last time you were sitting down. And if you don't put any plans in place, you spend about five minutes or longer trying to remember what you're going to look up, remember what you're going to read. And it's just really a big mental interruption. And it's something that is just so easily avoidable, but we have to be active in it. We have to be proactive. We have to put plans in place to help us. And what's why is that? Well, remember, it's not because we just want to master these steps. We just want to master this formula. 
It's because we want to engage with God's word, engage with the text, and do what Paul says to focus and think over what's being said. So we got to eliminate those distractions that get in the way of that crucial well-spent time in God's word. So he introduces that to us. That's something that we should do. We should spend time thinking about what we want to read. But Paul says this also, and this comes from the same book. So the beginning of chapter two, he gives that command, think over what I say, think over God's word. Then we come with a passage that I mentioned our previous time together, where he says, present ourselves to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. That's almost like yet another application of what it means to think over God's word, to think about what's being said. But then there's also yet another one of those Bible memory verse passages, and that occurs as well in Second Timothy, this time at the very end of chapter 3. And as soon as I start reading this, many of you who have grown up in a kind of memory verse, Bible memorization uh, context, you'll probably immediately recognize the verse as soon as I start reading it. Here's what it says. This is 2 Timothy 3.16. It says, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So, first thing we looked at was how important it is to for us to engage with the text, to think over what's being said. The second thing is right here, and that is the fact that all Scripture is God-breathed, and all Scripture is profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, and training in righteousness. And doing so, having such a view of all Scripture, will lead to somebody who is complete and equipped for every good work. So let me go ahead and just say this right off the bat. If you're saying, I don't know where to read in the Bible, Paul is telling you right here in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, in a way of saying, it really doesn't matter. And that's not because it makes no difference. Don't hear it that way. But what it means is you can't go wrong regardless of where you go. That's hard for us when we make those categorizations of Old Testament, New Testament, of biblical narrative and life application found in the New Testament letters, or confusing prophetic books and nice stories found in the Gospels. It's hard for us to fit Paul's view of Scripture that it's all profitable, it's all good, it's all beneficial with our compartmentalization of the Bible. But Paul not only tells us that all Scripture is 
good for us in those things. But he says, and don't miss this, all scripture is breathed out by God. Now, on the one hand, this is one of the go-to verses for anyone who is trying to make the argument that the Bible is God's word that is derived from God, that is given to us by God himself, that it's not man's book, but it is God's. And that's good, and that's right, and that's something that we should glean from this passage. But another thing is the association, the connection that Paul makes between the Bible's origin and the Bible's usefulness and relevancy for us. And that is the fact that all Scripture is breathed out by God. All Scripture is God-breathed. And that not only speaks of the authorship and origin of the Bible, but it speaks of the relevancy of it for us. If, here's, here's, how, here's how it goes. If all Scripture is from God, then all Scripture is absolutely essential for us. It's not just all Scripture is good for us. It's not only that you can't go wrong regardless of where you read. It's we should read everything in it because it is all from God. Therefore, it is all good for us to read. I hope you see that. I hope you see that if you're saying, I don't know where to read in the Bible, the first thing that you have to do is to throw away the idea that some passages aren't as important as others. It is true that not all passages convey the same thing. But if we think about how Jesus said regarding the law, that not an iota, not a dot or a slash will be thrown away or made irrelevant, made of no use until all things are fulfilled. One of the things that Jesus demonstrates is that every single portion of Scripture is entirely important and vital for us. Another way to say it is, if there are some passages in the Bible that are unimportant, that means that God gave us really more than we actually needed, or he said or told us things that really don't matter. But God does nothing irrelevant. God does nothing that is unimportant. God does nothing that is unwise. And so if we have a whole Bible, we should read the whole Bible. Therefore, if you say, I don't know where to read in the Bible, one of my encouragements to you is to simply say, just open the Bible and start reading because anything you read in the Bible is important and helpful for us. There's my first encouragement for you. Don't get so tripped up on the methodology of how you read the Bible, your point A, point B, am I a Genesis through Revelation reading straight through each book guy? Am I a chronological reader? Am I a read all the New Testament first and then go to the Old Testament? I mean, you know, there's so many things like that that aren't wrong, but when we get so caught up in the formula, so caught up in the methodology, we miss out the fact that those things are only supposed to serve and bring to the forefront the Bible itself, which is that God-breathed scripture given to us. So I hope you see that. I hope you see 
that you can't go wrong regardless of where you read. Now, now that we have that very firm foundation and very important foundation for us, now let's move to a little bit more methodology. Methodology is not the end goal. It only serves the end goal. It only serves the centerpiece, which is the Bible itself and everything in it, all of it. Not most of it, not some of it, all of it. We should read all of it. We got to eliminate those distractions so that we can actually think through what we're reading, engage with the text mentally and with focus and concentration so that we're not just simply passing our eyes across the pages, but actually reading it, actually comprehending what's being said. But now the question is, what are some methodologies? How do, how do I, how do I actually put into practice the mindset of all scripture is important for me to read? I want to read all of it. Well, obviously you know this, that there is such a thing as Bible reading plans, and there are so, so many of them. I mean, I even have my own that I've made, and if you're on my email list, then you've been emailed about this, and you've, if you said, hey, I'm interested in this, then you've signed up for it, and you've gotten that, and it's a interactive Bible reading plan. If you're interested in that, just simply go over to my website. You'll see a link to being involved with that free training. And as you're involved and complete that free training, then you will actually get that email about Bible reading plans. If you want it sent directly to you, just simply contact me, Kevin at betterbiblereading.com. I'll be glad to give that to you. I don't have a dedicated web page to it, but I can send it to you if you're interested in that. But you don't have to have my Bible reading plan. There are so many of them, so many good ones. Read the Bible in a year, read the Bible in three months. I mean, you know, there's all the intense ones and the more kind of easygoing ones. So if you just don't know where to go and you want some structure, you don't want to necessarily spend time figuring it out, just go online, type in Bible reading plans, and you will find literally hundreds, if not thousands of them that you can make use of. Another thing besides Bible reading plans is okay, you don't want to read necessarily through books of the Bible. And don't misunderstand me when I say that. What I mean is you want to do a little bit of topical studying. How do you do that? Well, let me encourage you to actually take advantage of something that I started doing a few years ago. And one of the reasons that I started doing this may not be the same reason that that you will, but I'm going to just give you a little... Um, inside scoop on something that I've found to be very helpful for me. So when I started preaching, when I was an associate pastor, I always had my mind going. And at this time, I wasn't uh, full-time working at the church that I uh, was a pastor of. I was actually working full-time outside of the church and then serving the church uh, in addition to that. So it was kind of a dual dual vocation at the time for a few years. But one of the things that I was doing at work was I was constantly thinking through uh, upcoming teachings that I was going to be doing. At the time, I was over our uh, small group study curriculum. So I was trying to make, you know, curriculums. I was also trying to 
uh, write um, a book. I mean, I, I was probably doing way more than I should have mentally speaking, but I was also very well aware that I kind of get scatterbrained at times. And I don't mean to, but it's normally because I'm thinking about so many different things that I, I lose traction on one topic and suddenly it's gone. And then I think about it later on and I, I didn't follow through that thought or that idea, especially when it came to uh, thinking about upcoming teachings or coming up with uh, sermon ideas, things like that. So what I did, because where I worked at, I couldn't have my phone on me. So what I did was I went old school. I carried one of those pocket-sized notepads. And let me tell you, to this day, I continue doing that uh, because, especially if you don't have easy accessibility to your phone, most of you listening to this probably do throughout your workday, but some of you probably don't. So you can certainly use your phone, use a notes app. But one of the things that I do is I write down if something about the Bible comes to mind, maybe a topic, maybe something that I have looked at in the past but want to study down a little bit more, I think about it in that moment. I got a pen in my pocket. I got my notepad in my pocket. I take out the notepad, and I just write down that idea, just a quick reference point, something that it's going to allow me to mentally come back to that later, and that's it. As simple as it goes. Now, what happens? Well, as you do that throughout the day or throughout the days or throughout the weeks, you have that little notepad handy when you sit down to start your Bible reading time. And maybe you're going through a reading plan, but maybe you say, oh, yeah, there were some things that I wanted to study. What what were they? What was I going to look up? What was that topic? What was that doctrine that I wanted to study down a little bit more? Well, you have that notepad right there, and you can open it. You can reference. You can see the things that you've been thinking about. You can see those problems to be solved biblically, and there you go. You just have a template. You have an easy access to a method put in place, and there it is, right? It's not a formal Bible reading plan. But it's a quick reference for you to just pick something. Just pick something off that notepad. If you do this, if you start doing it um, faithfully day after day, you're going to be adding a lot more to it than you can actually solve. But nonetheless, you're going to have a template to go off of. You're going to have a reference point, a list to use, so that when you sit down to read, you don't have to spend so much time trying to remember what it was you were going to look up, you know, you just look at that notepad. There it is. Pick one and start studying it through. You've just eliminated about 15 minutes or maybe even more of that vicious cycle of the schizophrenia. I don't even remember what I called it earlier, but, you know, chasing rabbit trails, right? Where you're not actually reading. You're just kind of chasing yourself back and forth from one side of the Bible to the next and don't know what you're doing. This is an easy way to maintain the focus. This is an easy way to do that easy groundwork on the front end so that when you sit down to read the Bible, you actually sit down to read the Bible, right? You actually, you have, there it is. There's my doctrine. I'm going to look up baptism. I'm going to look up salvation by grace alone through faith alone. I'm going to look at 
the creation account of Genesis. I'm going to look up the story of Ruth because I'm a little fuzzy with it, right? I mean, all these just simple ideas. What does the Bible say about the afterlife? You know, so many of those things that we can just simply jot down. And then when we sit down, instead of just trying to sit back and think, somehow, you know, find a mental off switch to everything we've been thinking about before that, instead of doing that, just open up your notepad there's those topics, there's those books of the Bible, there's those ideas. Pick one and start going. Do that a few times if you want to. Or do it until you feel satisfied with the studying and looking up that you did. And then put a line through it, put a check mark next to it, and move to the next one the next time you read. This is, this is a key time management tip that really, for me at least, keeps me fresh when I sit down to try to read the Bible, and I think that it'll really help you as well. Some other ways that this happens is maybe you're not an uh, in-depth thinker at work, per se, because you're just too mentally engaged with what you're doing, you're moving around too much, you don't have time to think about sermons that you're going to preach, you know, but you do have other opportunities to do this. As a matter of fact, you can do this at church. You can do this when you're on YouTube or on the internet listening to sermons or looking up videos about the Bible. We always have those follow-up questions that come to our minds, and this is an easy way for us to reference it. I remember the first time that I went to um, a uh, presbytery meeting, and in my denomination, the uh, pastor's Within that region are part of what's called a presbytery, and they meet together uh, several times during the year. And one of the things that they do is they license or ordain upcoming men as upcoming pastors. And one of the things that they do is they have an examination, and that sounds, you know, like a like a scary moment. Maybe for some guys it is, um, but what they do is they bring that person before the elders before the other pastors in that presbytery and the committee that's responsible for um, licensing that man or responsible for their ordination exam, what they do is they will ask them um, Bible and theology questions. And uh, I had the privilege of going to one um, a couple years ago and I sat down and I was um, you know, had been a pastor in a different denomination, but now being in this denomination, I got to just see how that process went of somebody who um, desired to be an up-and-coming pastor. And as they asked him those Bible and theology questions, I had my handy-dandy notepad. And what I did was I listened, and any question that they asked him about a certain topic or Maybe they asked him to just give a brief sketch of a certain book of the Bible. Any of those questions that I felt like I couldn't answer myself confidently or just, you know, didn't feel comfortable and clear with giving an answer to that question, I wrote that question down or I wrote that topic down. And that was yet another reference point for myself down the road when I open my Bible. Maybe I've just finished my Bible reading plan Maybe I sat down for an hour, and after 30 minutes, I read 
as much in one book of the Bible as I wanted to. And I say, you know, I have some extra time left to read. Let me try to figure out and think about what I want to read, or is there a certain topic I want to study? Pull out the notebook. I see those topics that I want to be uh, more sharp on, more confident in, and just start working through that, right? Easy ways for us to do the groundwork on the front end so that we don't waste that precious and ever so short amount of time that we actually have for Bible reading. This is a wonderful way for us to make more time for Bible reading without actually making more time. And the reason it actually makes more time for us is because we eliminate the dead time. We eliminate the unproductive time of just, you know, going all around the place mentally and throughout the pages of the Bible, trying to figure out something to read. And by the time we figure out something to read, there's no more time left to actually read. It's all about taking seriously that we should think through what we read. Therefore, we should have a process, a very clear process going into the reading time. And the fact that all scripture is God-breathed, God-given. Therefore, all scripture is necessary and good for us to read. So we think about it in that way. We want to do whatever we possibly can to maximize our time. This is a time management tip for us to read the Bible. And you may not have known that if you're the one that says, I don't know where to read in the Bible. You might not have known that you're not really asking a navigation question as much as you're asking a time management question. These are simple ways, but very powerful ways in my own experience that we can really make the most of our time reading in the Bible. We can get rid of the thought that this book or this passage or this idea is not very important. If it's found in the Bible, it's important. Because if it's in the Bible, it's from God. So all of it's important. So don't get tripped up in the thought of, I don't know where to read as if we could pick a wrong spot to read or a wrong book of the Bible to read. But also don't waste the precious time. The Bible calls us to redeem the time. That talks about in the big picture of things, our lives don't waste your life. But in the very small scale, one of the most important things we can do is read the Bible. So I will say, redeem your Bible reading time. And you can do that by that handy-dandy notebook trick that I just mentioned, by finding a good Bible reading plan and sticking to it, and by just being mentally involved throughout the day of the things of God. And that doesn't mean having this mystical ongoing prayer that starts when you wake up and ends when you go down to sleep for the night. But instead, it's thinking about the things that matter most, the things of God, and desiring to grow often and to grow always in those things. And I have found that we can do that and should do that by asking questions throughout the day and seeking to solve those questions the next time we sit down 
to open up our Bibles and read. For me, it's using a little notepad. For you, it might be your phone app. For you, it might be some other way. But I hope that this episode has really gotten your wheels spinning a little bit. I hope that you're thinking uh, the kind of thoughts that lead to a good way to think about what you read. I don't know how many more times I could have said the word think or thought in one sentence, but I really hope that this is eye-opening for you, and I hope that it gives you a clear answer, an actionable step to take in your own life if you're the one that says, I don't know where to read in the Bible. I hope that you have enjoyed this episode, and I hope that you really learned a lot from it. Um, I sure do thank you for taking the time to uh, just follow through with listening to this podcast. Um, I really enjoy doing this. Sometimes it is a challenge for me to find the time to put in to get these recordings out in a uh, timely fashion. I don't want to be a day late or get these episodes released um, not on time. So I really do appreciate all of you that listen to this. Always appreciate feedback. Always appreciate ideas for new episodes. Um, and let me just one more time put in my plug. If you want to know how to study through a book of the Bible, if you haven't really done that from a from an A to Z process, if you want to know how to do that, or better yet, if you are asking the question, I don't know where to read in the Bible, and you just want me to tell you something, tell you a book to read, then I'm going to tell you to start in Romans and don't do it alone. Do it alongside of me and whatever ways that I can help you by going to betterbiblereading.com forward slash free training. And we'll walk through it together step by step. Well, enjoy the rest of your day or enjoy the rest of your evening, whatever time it is that you're listening to this. May the Lord bless you and may he help you to always think about what you read in the Bible. This is Kevin Morris with the Better Bible Reading Podcast. Take care.